Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit LambdaLegal.org. That's LambdaLegal.org. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Caitlin Durante. <gasps> and my name is Jamie Loftus. Unless... <gasps> My name's Caitlin Durante. <laughs> and, and my name is actually Jamie Loftus. And wait a minute. I just realized that we look exactly alike. Oh, my God. We should do some royal hijinks. <laughs> or you should do some royal hijinks. And then I'll just have sex with your friend. I think that's how the first one goes, right? <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Not the yes. worst deal in the world. This is Well, we'll go to the Bechtel cast. This is our show where we take your favorite movies and analyze them using an intersectional feminist lens, using the Bechdel test, which is, I don't, I bet neither. I bet none of the Vanessa Hudgens know what this damn test is. But what is it, Caitlin, for the sake of fullness and clarity? It is a media metric created by queer cartoonist Alison Bechtel, Mm -hmm. sometimes called the Bechtel-Wallace test. Mm -hmm. And there are many variations. And here is ours. Two people of a marginalized gender Mm -hmm. have to have names. They have to speak to each other. And their conversation has to be about something other than a man for two lines of dialogue. And ideally, that conversation is narratively significant make of that what you will you know it when you hear it (laughs) right and in the case of this movie as you'll hear in the episode uh you know there's a lot of vanessa hudgens is talking to vanessa hudgens is it's not that big of a problem there are three many vanessa hudgenses and they're all talking (laughs) to each other yeah, and if you thought that my British accent I just did was offensive, wait till you hear hear hers, baby. <laughs> <It's>... <laughs> 
you are just not gonna like it um so we are we this this episode you're about to hear was recorded last year Mm -hmm. for our patreon aka matreon so you'll notice it's just me and caitlin we're keeping it loose we kind of let it all hang out on the matreon i would say about 80 percent of this episode is just us recapping the movie That'll happen. We're discussing things throughout the recap, but the recap takes a long time. And honestly, you're welcome. Yeah, it's it's I we go to the Matreon to really vibrate on a different frequency <laughs> where it's the format is technically the same. And yet there is this um, this wild, reckless abandon that we bring there. So if you are in, if you enjoy this. Please go over and join the uh, Matreon community. It is such a fun, like life-affirming, cool space to hang out in. Uh, it's five bucks a month, and you get two bonus episodes of the Bechtel Cast with just Caitlin and myself every single month. This month, we are doing two of our most popular requests that, for whatever reason, we never got around to. Mm. Um, they're both rom-coms. It's You've Got Mail, which we've been getting really uh, lovely feedback about. I've been very happy about yes, it. Yes, yes, we have, yeah. Not to brag, a person <laughs> listening that isn't a member of the Matreon. <laughs> We're so good at our jobs. Wow. Oh, we, we really pulled one out this time. Uh, <laughs> and... <laughs> And we're also uh, doing How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days, uh, which I canonically recognize as a Catherine Hahn vehicle, although, mm. you know, maybe the poster is telling you a different story. Fair, fair. I see it as a Thomas Lennon piece myself. But Oh, my God. His outfits in that movie, I'm like, who dressed this poor man? Uh, I love Tom <laughs> Lennon. And why did they do that to him? That's not nice. Mm. I don't know. In any case, uh, this is from the Matreon, and we're doing this, you know, technically an observation of, it's not for many Vanessa Hudgens is the problem. There's still three of them. So it's kind of three three many Vanessa Hudgens, two. (laughs) But it's the Princess Switch three. (laughs) Yes. Which I believe is being released on Netflix the very same day that this episode is being unlocked from the Matreon and put on our Mm -hmm. main feed. They really missed an opportunity to include more Vanessa Hudgenses in this sequel. At some point, I'm like, I wonder if she was like, I don't think so, because there were, I think we talk about it in this episode. She's done interviews where she was like, oh, the next one should be Scottish. And it's like, well, let's take a look at the accents you're already doing and and maybe (laughs) reassess. But I'm open to a fourth uh, in so many ways, but in in terms of Vanessa Hudgens's, I'm open to a fourth for sure. Mm. Uh, but it's not happening. But however, we will be covering the Princess Switch three on the Matreon. Speaking of the Matreon, yes, in December. So if you're loving this and you're like, wow, I'm really on a journey, you can go back to our Matreon to listen to our uh, very intellectual genius, quite <laughs> honestly, thoughts on the Princess Switch one, and then very soon. On the Princess Switch 3. And if you like Netflix Christmas movies, we've also done all three. All of the Christmas princes. Correct. And that is a burden we took on <laughs> for you. So yeah, get ready. It's our, our holiday movie block on the Bechdel cast is vroom, 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 rev, rev, revving up. Um, mm-hmm. And enjoy this unlocked Matreon episode, The Princess Switch 2. Enjoy. The Bechdel cast. Hello, matrons. Happy holidays. Wow. It's that time of year when 
we cover terrible Netflix original Christmas movies. I forget. Did we talk last year about the extended universe that Netflix has confirmed? I don't remember. I I meant to go back and listen to the other Princess Switch and Christmas Prince movies we've covered. I like wanted to listen back to those episodes mm-hmm. and rewatch those movies, but I simply didn't have time for any of it. I rewatched. So I, I rewatched know. all the Princess Switches and all the Christmas Princes because oh, I wow. needed an excuse to. Um, yeah, of course. But did did you? I don't know. I don't think that we did. I didn't listen to the re-listen to the episodes. I don't think we did talk last year about how all the movies are confirmed happening in the same universe, which is further, depending on how you look at it, either confirmed or complicated by what happens in Princess Switch switched mm. again, because uh-huh. it would seem that it contradicts. Okay, so this is a matron. <laughs> this is obviously the Bechtel cast matron. We're doing Princess Switch 2. I thought the movie was essentially a delight. Well, um, sorry. First, we have to the the full the full title. Princess switched to three many Vanessa Hudgenses. Three many, yeah, too many Hudgenses <laughs> is um, is the general vibe. I, I love that they just called it switched again. The real title is <laughs> the Princess Switch switched again, which is uh-huh. um, so lazy, so incredibly lazy. <laughs> Uh, you really like I almost admire it I, I I fully admire it I'm like oh this this uh this movie has no doubt of what it is which is extremely lazy <laughs> but but so okay so the the Netflix Christmas universe which is a confirmed thing mm-hmm. includes oh my god there's literally a chart have you seen this? Have you seen this chart? No. Okay. No. Okay. You gotta see this chart. Uh, okay. So it essentially connects the Christmas Prince uh, saga series. Yes. All the various princess switches, as well as the night before Christmas, which was Vanessa Hudgens's last year Christmas effort. R- yes. Which we almost covered and made a last minute switch. Were, sw- well, switched again. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then there's also a movie called The Holiday Calendar from 2018 that I haven't seen. A movie called Christmas oh, Inheritance yeah. from 2017, which I unfortunately have seen. And mm. a movie called Holiday in the Wild, which I also have seen. And I'm pretty sure... Wait, it- is that the... Who's in that? It's like it's actually like some famous people, right? Holiday in the Wild? Yeah, isn't that the... What's uh, that guy's name who was in... Rob Lowe. Is that that one? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, the Kristen Davis Rob Lowe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. I've seen so many of these. I'm like, honestly, <laughs> and the names are all so familiar. They, I'm like, I don't want to confirm something I can't guarantee. Sure. Yes, Kristen Davis and Rob Lowe. So that's a bigger budget mm-hmm. one. Not very popular. I don't think really anybody necessarily watched mm-hmm. it. Not a lot of hype. Yeah, I skipped that one. But it is. And then, and then now this year there was a movie called Operation Christmas Drop, which is military propaganda that Whoa. is Christmas- there's also um, the Christmas Chronicles, which is um, what's his face as Santa Claus. Yeah, what is his face? And Goldie Hawn. What is his face? What is his face? I never. Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ex- Kurt Russell. I'm like, but like also, okay, maybe this is controversial, but like, who the fuck is Kurt Russell? Um, <laughs> what was he in that I would know? 
that you would know probably not a lot. Okay. He, See? He got big in the 80s and then like a lot of his most famous movies were from the 80s and 90s. And I mean, he's still around obviously, but right. also I always get him confused with early Patrick Swayze mm-hmm. and I feel like there's someone else who I get him confused with too. I so, I'm sure yeah. I haven't seen the Christmas Chronicles, but either way, the Christmas Chronicles are a Netflix Christmas movie, but they're not in the Netflix Christmas universe. It's, oh, I see. Yes. So all of the Netflix Christmas universe, I'm pretty sure. I mean, it's a vague qualifier, but I'm pretty sure that you have to, it has to be like a clear Hallmark ripoff, which Christmas Chronicles isn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Jingle Jangle, which I did see. And Whoa. it was pretty good. Uh, Forrest, uh, okay. Forrest Whitaker is in it. He's saying Christmas Chronicles was not bad. I, I'm, you know, it's whatever. It's you know, kind of like a turn your brain off and and hope for the best <laughs> season, movie wise. Sure. But Jingle Jangle, I had it had some catchy tunes, some real catchy tunes. But it's okay. not. But it's not included in this universe. It's. I think this mm-hmm. is like the r- overly romantic, confusing Hallmark ripoff extended mm-hmm. universe that's occasionally nationalist propaganda. In the case <laughs> of Operation Christmas Drop. Um, uh-huh. So, anyways, last year Netflix confirmed the Netflix holiday movie universe is the official title, and okay. I'll just unpack this chart and then we'll get to <laughs> before we start talking about Princess Switch switched again. <laughs> How Princess Switch switched again is maybe the most integral piece to this puzzle yet. So Okay. It's like the keystone that holds the whole arch together. And maybe, I mean, I haven't, I bear, I was like only half watching Holiday in the Wild and I haven't seen the Holiday Calendar, but it seems like it connects a lot of movies together in ways that are exclusively oh. confusing. So here's <laughs> great. Here's an overview of the chart. We'll We'll link this. It's like a tweet from Netflix. Okay. So... It starts with The Christmas Prince, 2017, gets everything started. Mm -hmm. And I think these are all basically made by the same production company, which doesn't hurt. Um, So A Christmas Prince is shown on a TV in both the holiday calendar. And it's Uh also, if you recall, Vanessa Hudgens watches The Christmas Prince in the first Princess Switch. Uh So... As of 2018, when the princess... Okay, I'm like literally... <laughs> I'm like that um, It's Always Sunny meme with the board. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> so as of 2018 in The Princess Switch, A Christmas Prince is a movie that exists in the world of The Princess Switch on Netflix. It was like a product yeah, placement yep. moment. We were like, teehee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Aldovia from A Christmas Prince, the the yes. f- fictional country. <laughs> I'm familiar. Just there's 500 trillion countries that border Lithuania apparently, and <laughs> Aldovia is one of them. What is whatever the Princess Switch countries are, anyways. Aldovia is mentioned in The Night Before Christmas. Mm-hmm. So in The Night Before Christmas world, Aldovia is an actual place, but in A Princess Switch, the Princess Switch world, it is not a real place. It's a Netflix movie. It's a fictional place <sighs> where a movie that Vanessa Hudgens watches takes place. <laughs> make yes. it make sense. Um, okay, Christmas <laughs> Inheritance. Uh, a Christmas Inheritance is shown on a TV in both the holiday calendar and in The Princess Switch. Holiday in the Wild is shown on a TV in The Night Before Christmas. So in The Night Before Christmas, A Christmas Prince is a real mm. thing in the world. But Holiday in the Wild with Kristen Davis and Rublo, that's still fictional and on Netflix. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and 
then apparently, I don't remember this um, because by the time, honestly, the last in this marathon, the last movie I watched was Christmas Prince Royal Baby. And I was just, my brain was skunked. So I wasn't looking for this (laughs) reference, but apparently the princess switch, the country from the princess switch is referenced in the third Christmas Prince movie. So now things get a little complicated because we were told in 2018 that A Christmas Prince is just a Netflix movie. A work of fiction. But then over in Aldovia, the princess switch country is canon. So... They right, because sw- it's Bel- Belgravia and or Montanaro, because those are like the two countries in Princess Switch. Right, right. I, I'm going to keep mixing up the names. So Belgravia, I believe, is mentioned in A Christmas Prince Royal Baby. Okay. But at that <laughs> point, as of last year, A Christmas Prince, Aldovia is fictional to Vanessa Hudgens, but Vanessa Hudgens is very real uh-huh. to Amber and whoever the fuck <laughs> that guy is. Richard. 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 Um, <laughs> So that's confusing. And then things get even more confusing. So basically, it seems like they shouldn't have put A Christmas Prince on TV in The Princess Switch because now they want it to all be real. Yes. Because at the end of fucking... Oh, my head Princess Switch. Switched again. Princess Switch. Switched again. Amber and Richard are at the coronation for... What's her name? Margaret. A few things about that. When they popped up on with screen their ugly at the end baby. of Princess Switch. With, <laughs> with their royal baby. Their, sorry. Um, did I say ugly? I meant royal. <laughs> um, when that happened in Princess Switch 2, Switched Again, I was in my apartment by myself and I screamed at my... I was like... I, yes. Ah, it's I too shrieked. <laughs> it was like, oh, hold on. And then I had to go back to the chart because I'm like... It, how could that be true? If and um, I don't know. I don't know how that could be true. I have but a theory. Okay, yes. The movie that Vanessa Hudgens is watching in the first Princess Switch movie that is about Amber and Richard mm-hmm. is actually a documentary. That was. I've <laughs> She's seen watching this a documentary. Floated. I've seen this. Oh, okay. Floated. Got it. Yeah. Uh, great minds think alike. Yeah. I I think that she just must have been watching like maybe it was like a, a 60 minutes special or just like a poorly too. produced documentary. I thought that too. But then I went back and watched the scene from Princess Switch. And I'm like, no, she literally had Vanessa Hudgens has the same Netflix as you or I. And it's presented mm. the same way. And she literally watches a scene from our A Christmas Prince. And so to... <laughs> I'm like reporting instincts. I'm like, and so if a Christmas Prince is documentary, so okay, if a Christmas Prince is a documentary for Vanessa Hudgens in 2018, then it's also a documentary for us, and that (gasps) could be true. That could very well be true. I think that they're just and someone. uh, I wanted to shout out a tweet that made me laugh so much from uh, Ika Delian, um, from at Delian Ika. She tweeted, oh, my God, Vanessa Hudgens is the Robert Downey Jr. of the Netflix Christmas cinematic universe. And it's true. Oh, because of Iron Man? Because, like, Iron Man kicked everything off? And is... I know. No. Well, no, because Vanessa Hudgens didn't kick everything off. But I think we can all agree she has more, you know, she she has a little more charisma than Princess Amber. No offense. (laughs) Um, I mean... But then, okay... Other things we need to talk about before we talk about the movie. 
Okay. Uh-huh. Sorry, I'm like too prepared for this episode. Uh, <laughs> no, it's been great. Really down in the dumps and really needed this. Um, okay. So the other thing is, I feel like we should do an, a Vanessa Hudgens update because she has had a very mm. problematic, tumultuous few years, really. But like, especially, yeah. she. We're not going to get too into it here uh but she did if you remember about nine months ago Mm -hmm. she famously went live on instagram and said a whole bunch of insensitive things about coronavirus and was basically the the gist of it was vanessa hudgens has no regard for human life um which was upsetting then and i honestly (laughs) it has been such a year that i kind of forgot and then was like wait we're mad at vanessa hudgens what did she do again? And I was like, oh, she said she literally has no regard for human life. Mm-hmm. So that's something to keep in mind. Yes. That said, Robert Downey Jr., uh, you know, has also done some pretty messed up stuff in his life. So maybe that's the connection. Um, oh, could be. They don't have a regard. I don't, I don't know that much about Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> I just wanted to, um, you know, we are aware that Vanessa Hudgens is problematic and also just like, a weird part like she will like pop up in my trending topics every once in a while and it's always just Mm -hmm. like I just don't understand like why can't celebrities just like log out like Vanessa Hudgens (laughs) has more money than God like she has a a million year deal signed in blood with Netflix like why can't (laughs) she just like not go live on Instagram that will never make sense to me because she just is always live on Instagram doing in that one case, a very like stream of consciousness, insensitive rant. Uh-huh. And then in other cases, she's just doing weird stuff. And you're just like, <laughs> Vanessa, like call your like friend or something. Call Zach. Like, I don't know what you need to do, but like, I want no part of this. So Vanessa Hudgens is a confirmed questionable mm. weirdo is yes. my, is my take on vh uh mm-hmm. but then so so we're going into prince just to set up the mindset of where we're going into princess switch to switched again yeah i have to suspend my upset with vanessa hudgens because i do have to watch this movie mm-hmm. not just because this is our job but also because i just like have to watch this movie it's, it's yeah i have to know what happens in princess switch <laughs> to switched again I understand. And I have to know what the third Vanessa Hudgens is like. And I loved the third Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> oh my gosh. She's so I know. great. She's so awesome. <laughs> I love her. She's a sloppy bitch and I love her. That was okay. That was all of my <laughs> precursor to talking about. Okay. I'm going to shut up for the rest of the episode because. <laughs> no. That was a lot. Keep going. But oh, and then also, like, there's some connection in the third one to like, oh, I guess there's four shot. I missed this on my watch of the movie, but uh-huh. per the clickbait rounds that happen every year around these movies, a grand mm-hmm. tradition, there is a slight possible maybe sort of hint that there's going to be I mean of course there's going to be a movie with a fourth Vanessa Hudgens I I have a pitch for it that I'll reveal at some point in this episode hell yes uh I did a little bit of research (laughs) this is so embarrassing um there was a there Vanessa Hudgens has been very like 
dodgy about whether there's going to be a third or a third one with a fourth Vanessa Hudgens. That's never <laughs> going to get easier. Uh-huh. She's been dodgy about that. Um, but then she said in like an interview, she's like, I don't know, but maybe the next Vanessa Hudgens will have a Scottish accent. And everyone's like, what? That's weird. Um, I am not seemed- confident Vanessa Hudgens can pull off. She can barely do three accents, which includes one that is just her regular speaking voice. (laughs) Um, She can barely talk. Um, Okay. So, but, but I think it's, it's been hinted at at some point in this princess switch that the fourth Vanessa Hudgens is going to be her character from a night before Christmas. Therefore tying in that whole thing, which would be kind of, genius yes that wouldn't have even occurred to me to do that but that's also the perfect choice to make there's already a fourth vanessa hudgens on the table (laughs) and she already has experience kissing a royal knight a royal figure (laughs) robert pattinson (laughs) lookalike she already has been making out with this robert pattinson impersonator for you know two years in yes on screen so she she has the experience that character is ripe to be a part of this franchise. What was that character's name? Was it like Brooke? <laughs> that oh, I'm just spitballing here. I don't remember. I watched that movie last year when it got released. The only thing I yeah. remember about it is there is a plot witch and then there is like mm-hmm. random time travel and there's this like fish out of water uh like middle ages knight who shows up and I yeah, I don't I I did not enjoy that. That one wasn't my favorite, which is weird Mm-mm. because it's on Rotten Tomatoes, it's one of the highest rated Netflix Christmas movies. I like it has a lot of the elements for a movie that I enjoy with like the time travel and the fish out of water and the that whole but like it just didn't add I don't up. No, the me. some of its parts, yeah, just didn't add up to anything that I thought was great. Also so, and uh, her name was Brooke. Wow. Go Jimmy. <laughs> wow. Oh, good memory. <laughs> that was a total mistake. There was also um, someone was mentioning. Ugh, I'll, I'll, I'll link. I read so many pieces. I'm sorry. Like I, I can't really distinguish one writer from another. But someone mentioned in their piece from this year that this production company, which is called MPCA, that produces most of these movies, they must have some connection to Chicago because all of these movies are vaguely related to chicago like right. there's always someone is from chicago Be- and then do you remember in the first christmas prince movie there's an establishing shot of chicago but then they're in new york like there's they're <laughs> obsessed with chicago yeah. they show the chicago river and then they're and then they're, it's like pizza like you're like i'm walking here you're like that's not chicago <laughs> Also, oh. doesn't doesn't the company name stand for something like Motion Picture Company of America? Something so yeah. generic and Motion vague Picture sounding that you're like Corporation this is of fake. America. <laughs> it's just like you. This is a fake company. Wait, <laughs> wait. The history of this company is also very weird. Okay, so they were. It was established in 1986, the year I was born. Thank you, brave. Um, good luck topping this incredible life that the Motion Picture Corporation of America has had. Yeah, who who did it better? They did, who did life better? <laughs> Founded in 1986, much like Caitlin, um, they made a bunch of crappy movies that didn't do well, and then they made Dumb and Dumber. Oh, and so that's no good. Uh, and then they were acquired, and then 
15 years passes <laughs> and then they made Beverly Hills Chihuahua 2 <laughs> and then they started making Netflix Christmas movies and that's that's their life wild really make it make sense I <laughs> I don't Jeez. know I might be missing other stuff but I just don't care but either way they're obsessed with establishing shots of Chicago mentions of Chicago mm-hmm. even though the company is based in uh, Century City in Los Angeles so okay. I don't know confusing who cares much like the plot of this movie should I recap it Ooh, good transition <laughs> yes thank you Actually, we're going to take a quick break first, and then we will come right back. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no spy girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. All right, so I'm just going to have to assume that you, the listeners have watched the first movie or at least listened to our episode on it or have some understanding of what happens in the first movie because what happens in the second movie you have to have an understanding of the first movie Mm -hmm. so i'm just gonna operate on that assumption that you're familiar so uh stacy who is the vanessa hudgens from chicago who's a former baker Mm -hmm. is married to prince edward (laughs) the most boring person (laughs) someone who makes King Richard looked like a fucking like <laughs> interesting person. The most boring person ever committed to screen. I have more notes about him than I thought I would for this movie, but I do have a few things to say when we get there. But Edward yes, he's disaster. so he's he. I he. I feel bad I for him. I almost yeah. I was gonna say I almost feel bad for him because of just like 
how he's treated in this movie and just like how... I feel bad for him because his wife clearly doesn't love him very much. <laughs> like it's like I don't I think that like Prince Edward needs to like wake up and smell the coffee. I don't think Vanessa loves him as much as he thinks she does. Or like I wake up that... and smell the cocoa that <laughs> Kevin insists on making all the time. Oh, Kevin's a whole other thing. Like the <laughs> but Prince Edward especially like he is so whatever that I felt bad for him. I'm like, you need to find the world's most boring person and marry them because like, I'm not feeling it with you and Vanessa. I'm just not. They have no chemistry. She's trying to get away from him all the time. And he's like, I love you. Hang out with me. And she's like, I can't hear you. La la la. And I'm like, (laughs) so mean. And also like, just don't, why'd you marry him there's one scene where like he's clearly trying to have sex with her because she's like blah 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 i'm distracted or i'm stressed out or something and he's like well i know something we could do to take your mind off it and then she's like no i'm too busy trying to get my look-alike to have sex with my best friend kevin and she would rather like (laughs) she would rather fly to chicago from belgravia than spend a day with her husband and (laughs) And also, it's so sad. Like that beginning, they that scene, that same scene where she's like avoiding him, but it's in this way that I'm like, it's they're making it sound like she literally can't hear what he's saying. Yes, which is just it's just confusing the way it's written. But he like they're both at the beginning of that scene. They're like, ugh, we're so busy, and we're like, with what? And then later, <laughs> Prince Edward was, says literally says like i'm not actually that busy i just say i'm busy so that because i feel bad because my wife is busy and i'm like i don't think she's busy i don't think she's busy she's if she has time to, to drop you. everything and go to chicago to like do do something that her friends don't want do this weird matchmaking thing yeah they have to get it's... divorced like that marriage is no good <laughs> it's a mess anyway <laughs> they live in belgravia together uh which <laughs> is apparently know. adjacent to montanaro and aldovia and let's throw genovia from from princess i was about to say where does genovia come into the mix mm-hmm. what's that movie called Pr- princess princess diaries 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 yep. <sighs> too many princess Aye. movies okay so that's stacy her lookalike, also played by Vanessa Hudgens, of course, is Princess mm-hmm. Margaret, who is the person she switched places with in the first movie. And in the first movie, Margaret fell in love with Stacy's best friend, Kevin. But between the first and second movie, Kevin and Margaret have broken up. I So that's important to know. So fucking frustrating here because we had to spend a lot of the first movie rooting for margaret and kevin to get together and then we just have we're expected to just do the exact same thing for the whole second movie i'm like and guess what i i'm not rooting i don't care i'm not rooting for them no one's rooting for them Mm -mm. i'm just like kevin deserves better margaret does like they're just not it's not i don't dis i well i kind of dislike margaret i i like (laughs) kevin Mm -hmm. but i also think that he really um is not very respectful of boundaries Mm. that's a whole other thing i just i'm like i wish them both the best separately clearly together as a no-go they broke up they They broke up up. for a reason i i like kevin i don't like margaret for kevin i think that margaret and prince edward who i both find to be really boring Boring. and bland 
should have gotten together. Wouldn't the royal family have been happier if they had just done that? I'm like, okay, just get the two boring people married. Yeah, they're already both royals. They understand the lifestyle. Stacy's clearly obsessed with Kevin. Like, that should have yeah. worked out. I guess that's the thing is, I was never really rooting for the couples that they clearly want you to root for in the first movie. I wanted the mm-hmm. ones that they were pushing, which was Stacy Kevin. Yeah. And Edward Margaret. I'm like, yeah, that makes way more sense to me. Stacy's still obsessed with who Kevin's having sex with and needs it to be someone who looks like her. Like that's exactly projecting. Like- that's literally like look in the mirror, Stacy. Talk to your therapist, Stacy. I ugh, it's so frustrating. There also the whole thing with Margaret in this movie, I'm Margaret is, I totally agree, so, 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 so boring. And I feel like you could have done something way more interesting with her by even like borrowing plot points from A Christmas Prince because A Christmas Prince, while really bad, at least like Amber, when she's like becoming a queen, has like you learn about her trials and tribulations in the castle and like people don't Mm -hmm. take her seriously and she has to like you know fight for herself oh, and her stay resp- tuned to our christmas prince 2 episode <gasps> coming out later this month she does investigative reporting <laughs> like she at least like yeah it's all super pointless and like makes no sense but at least it's like oh you see she's like fighting for herself whereas margaret i would have rather have seen margaret like they reference that she's having a tough time adjusting but yeah. you don't see it ever. You like you just see her apologize to Kevin to be like, sorry, I was sorry. I'm I I have to do this thing called being the queen of a country, so I can't hang out with you at two p.m. on a weekday. Like, obviously well, she can't, Kevin. <laughs> this she, other weird uh, thing happens where in the first Princess Switch movie, the reason they switch places is because Margaret like doesn't really want to be a royal she like doesn't like the lifestyle she doesn't like to be in the public spotlight and that's the whole reason they switch but then suddenly in the second movie she's like i was born to do this i freaking love being a queen i she's a plot queen but then she also still doesn't seem committed to like she doesn't seem like she wants to do it still (laughs) also okay here's a question i had that i was I told myself I had to pay attention during the first princess switch when I rewatched it, but I was like, mm. did her father die? Like who was the king? Was the king her father uh, for Mar- Margaret? Yeah. And then her, cause they said like the king died, the brother abdicated. And then, so now Margaret is going to be the sovereign. Yeah. Does that mean her father died and we just di- didn't talk about it? Her father. That's what they mentioned in the opening montage of, princess switch too right but they don't but we don't see her deal with the, it oh seems yeah like no yeah her father died very very recently that's right. a huge thing to happen like we i don't think we were told by the movie they had a bad relationship so you have to imagine she just lost a parent and is not at all affected by it <laughs> right she's the only thing is like she put a tarp over a christmas tree and she's like this is how i grieve and I'm like well there's no wrong way to grieve margaret but like it just is weird that yeah. they don't bring it up. And then also, I mean, also I've been watching The Crown, so bear oh. with me here. But I'm like, <laughs> an abdication of the throne is a big fucking deal. Like, people right. would be talking about the fact that, the like, where's her brother at? Like, that's another plot line for Margaret I would have been way more interested in is her struggle with her brother being like, well, why the fuck did you abdicate? You know I didn't want to be queen. And he's like, I didn't want to be king. Like, we hate being royals. Like, it would have been so more interesting. Okay. <sighs> 
another a separate pitch than okay. the one I was originally going to pitch <laughs> for the next Princess Switch movie. Ooh, wait, okay. What if her brother shows up, but it's also played by Vanessa Hudgens? Oh. <laughs> genius or uh, her brother shows up and he's and it's kevin (laughs) it's a second kevin and then they're like they're like oh my god wait her brother looks just like her ex-boyfriend how did we not know that and then (laughs) and then it becomes a whole gross uh, yeah that's actually nasty but either way there are so many directions because margaret is canonically boring as hell like Give her something interesting to do. So at least we're watching a boring person do interesting things. That's why a Christmas prince works. Amber is boring, but she does things that are interesting. So Uh it's sort of like, "Mm," you're like, man, this is kind of interesting. Um, (laughs) Right. But Margaret is boring. And all the things that are interesting about what's happening in her life are not talked about at all. Mm -hmm. I truly like... Correct me in the comments if I'm wrong, but it seems like she just lost, if not her father, a very close family member. There would have been a huge political like reckoning if someone mm-hmm. abdicated from the throne. It would just be like, this should have been season one of The Crown for Margaret. Right. Yeah. Instead, the only thing we get is like a couple shots of what looks like tabloids, like not even like prestige journalism, just like Those a few like tabloids. Tabloid. <laughs> headlines of being like is margaret ready to be queen seems like she's a, a mess and it's and but then she's not dealing with that either like that doesn't if, like, you know her. she's being scrutinized by the tabloids and she doesn't <laughs> care even though margaret is boring 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 and every time she's on screen i'm like oh my god margaret like they could have done something interesting with her in a bunch of different ways and then instead they were like mm, what if we just repeated the exact her exact plot line from the first movie <laughs> Like, why? You know, yeah. why? <sighs> Sorry. Know. <laughs> I was just, I wrote down at the beginning, like the top of my notes. I'm like, Margaret's father died. Why aren't we talking about this? That's, <sighs> yeah. Even in like a corny movie kind of way of like, this is what he would have wanted. Or, you know, like that kind of corny right. stuff. But no. Nope. Sadly, no. <sighs> um. All right. Where were we? <laughs> uh, okay. So she goes to visit Kevin and his daughter Olivia in Chicago, and Although she invites Olivia them. Is a new, a different actor from the last movie. Okay, People I thought upset. so. Yes, I was like I, but I didn't rewatch the first movie, so I wasn't sure. But I had a feeling that they recast her. Absolutely. Okay, so Stacy invites them to Margaret's coronation ceremony because she is about to become queen of Montanaro. And Kevin reluctantly agrees, and then they all show up at Margaret's palace, and then they all decorate it together. Uh, Margaret and Kevin start flirting by throwing flour on each other. The flower fight is so... <laughs> the flower fight. I'm like, <laughs> okay, fine, fine, <sighs> fine. Also, I'm curious on how you feel about... I feel like... Kevin really should have like not let himself get steamrolled by Princess Stacy mm-hmm. when Princess Stacy rolls in and also like she's not a good friend to him because she is like mocking him in front of his child like Olivia I also feel bad for yeah. Olivia because Olivia should not be brought into this 
so much like mm-hmm. first of all the trope of like a child who's obsessed with their parents romantic life for kind of no reason when has that ever been a thing in all of these <laughs> movies that's just canon whatever that's uh-huh. a movie trope that is just like it's neither here nor there it's just kind of creepy and weird but yeah. whatever it's a plot device but when vanessa shows up unannounced and is like look at you wearing sweatpants. You make me sick and you better come to Belgravia. Like he should have just been like, no, like he shouldn't have done it. He should have called Margaret and been like, Hey, Stacy's being a fucking bully because she's like obsessed with us being together for question mark reason. Is it okay if I come like another interesting, if we have to have Kevin in Belgravia for this movie to happen, then when he shows up, why couldn't Margaret be like mad at Stacy? Like there, the, that mm-hmm. was another thing where there's just like no conflict between Margaret and Stacy at any time. Right. When it seems like there, it would be very justifiable. Like Stacy is getting so into other people's business and no one gets mad at her. I would be so <laughs> mad at her if she took my ex to Montanaro three nights before my coronation i'd be like stacy stay out of it like your your marriage is over there with mr boring so like there's go work so little conflict between them to the point where during the part of the movie and we'll get to this but when they've switched again hence <laughs> the subtitle of the movie mm-hmm. and for also very low stakes reason like the the reason they switch is so low stakes. i am so confused about why they switch i have so many thoughts and questions and notes about that thank but god for third vanessa there's a yeah there's a little twist where a third vanessa is present and she also has done a switch so there's so little conflict between margaret and stacy that when margaret goes back to who she thinks is stacy and tries to switch back except that who she thinks is stacy is actually cousin fiona right we'll, we'll, we'll explain that whole thing whenever this fiona person is like get the hell out of here mm. margaret's just like okay i sure even though fiona is occupying her bedroom like that like margaret gets sent away from her own bedroom and she's just like okay honestly right. that was that was <laughs> iconic like that was like so I was thinking that too, but then I was like, okay, first of all, Fiona is amazing. I <laughs> to love the point her so where much. I, thought I was kind of like, the most compelling thing was I was rooting for her to successfully take the throne from Margaret. Cause I'm like, at least she wants it. At least she wants to do it. Like, yeah, just let her do it, whatever. But, <laughs> and she's also the only good Vanessa in this one. Yeah. But it, I, that was so like bully older cousin move for Fiona to like, <laughs> gaslight margaret so hard she's like i guess i'm not myself i guess i am leaving the room i was like god margaret we need to like stacy and margaret need to like go to some self-esteem workshops because they're just like struggling really um yeah i don't i i was also kind of like i was really baffled by the lack of conflict between stacy and margaret at all i felt like it like worked against the plot it would have been yeah. way it would have helped the like switch level confusion it would have been interesting if like margaret was like oh maybe stacy's not who i thought she was instead of immediately being like stacy would never do this who is the <laughs> third vanessa like I, i'm not right. like rooting for it's 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 i don't know it's like one of those things where these movies are so bad it's almost like well 
what kind of yardstick is this? But sometimes I feel like people think they're making a feminist choice by like having two female characters have zero conflict. Right. When it's like, no, just treat them equally. Don't like make the reason that there's a conflict be extremely gendered and irrational. There's a very, there's a very like, I feel like a very obvious reason why they would be in conflict at multiple points in this movie. Right. But it just never happens. They're like, nope, besties. I let myself get pushed around by Stacy for <laughs> no reason. Like, right. Yeah. Like Margaret could be like, stop meddling in my love life. And yeah, like Stacy can like, be like, Stacey, shit, I should go to therapy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like get like Stacy. Yeah. I, I'm just like, none of the Vanessa's are okay. Um, <laughs> But the third yeah. Vanessa is amazing. Oh, and we're about to get to her. So Okay, yes. But before we do, um, so we see Kevin and Margaret start to kind of like flirt again. It's but but then we meet but. Antonio, yes. who is Margaret's chief of staff, and yes. he is in love with Margaret and he's like, You're great. I'm My so God. happy to be serving you. Blah 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 blah. <sighs> unnecessary get rid of but also he looked like british jared kushner like he (laughs) i was like and what is going on with antonio he is clearly bad news just by the way he's like he's the only person in this movie i'm convinced is actually british also like with the scenes with the henchmen i'm like i are none of these people British? I didn't look it up, but I'm like, are, oh my gosh. it seems like well, no I one tried. in this scene is British. I tried to look up the two people who play Mindy and Reggie, are uh, they off- Fiona's henchmen. <laughs> There's, they're they're in, off the grid. They're off the grid. I, I just couldn't find anything about them. I don't know. Especially the uh, the male henchman. I was like, I don't. His accent was so over the top that I'm like, it sounds like he's doing the same thing Vanessa is. I don't know. And then the hench, the hench person that looked like Saoirse Ronan <laughs> was just distracting because she looked so much like Saoirse Ronan. Um, I will say that Reggie, the one henchman, Reggie. is the best character of the film. I love or him, he, but I don't he, think he's British. Did you ever watch The Only Way is Essex or any of those like trashy British, like Jersey Shore, except like British? Oh, no, I haven't. No. Oh, my gosh. They're terrible shows. They're amazing. <laughs> because there's another one called like Geordie Shore, I think. What? Um That one I haven't seen. That one I think is maybe even more trashy than The Only Way is F6, but I've only uh-huh. seen that one. Anyway, I used to watch them with my friend British Martha. Yeah. But oh, shout out the, ca- the two characters who are the, the two hench people, Reggie and Mindy, f- especially Reggie, feel to me like characters who would be in a very trashy British reality show like The Only Way is Essex. Maybe he is Brit. Maybe my my view of of uh, Britain, the UK, is too myopic and I just don't know. <laughs> well, they have way more like kind of working class British accents. So maybe that's, I don't know. To our British listeners, could you shed you some light? Do you think these actors are British? <laughs> uh <laughs> Leave your answers in the comments. I genuinely, I could be totally off here, but I think it's, I was also thrown by how clearly fake Vanessa's British accent is. I'm like, maybe they are mm. British and they're just trying to match her so that they all, like, there could be a lot of things going on here. Either way, the best chemistry in the movie is between Vanessa and the hench people. Yes. Bar none. Best scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Incredible. Perfect. Um, okay. 
So we've met Antonio. He's in love with Margaret. Then there's this ball because there's, of course, like 500 Christmas events. There's a concert. There's a ball. There's a coronation. There's an airport wedding. Can't wait to get to that. There's an airport um, wedding. <laughs> but God. at the ball, uh-huh. we meet a third Vanessa Hudgens. She is blonde. She is part of the royal family because she is cousins with Margaret, but she's like not in the line of succession for Queen or or something like that. But her name is Fiona Pembroke. Mm-hmm. I just confirmed that Reggie is British. He's a British <gasps> soap opera actor. Oh wow! Which I, might, I had a feeling mm, he might have been authentically British. He is British, and he's and he he knows how to do camp. He's a he's a goddamn mm. soap character. So yeah. there you go. Incredible confirmed casting. Reggie. All right. Anyways, <laughs> so Fiona Pembroke, she's an incredible character. She and Reggie. F- to me, you're like tied for first place best characters. That scene where Reggie steal really aggressively steals a wallet from someone that like <laughs> was my I I rewatched that shot three times. I'm like, oh my god, what a bold move! Because she, which <laughs> what Fiona does is she brings her hench people who love to take pictures against um what do they call them those backgrounds those photo backgrounds oh. um, step and repeats yes um, yeah. But she has her hench people just like pick pockets at public yes. events so that she can maintain her lifestyle. It's a really yeah. bad plan. Uh, but it was fun. <laughs> it was fun to watch Reggie just pickpocketing everybody. It was great. He's not good at it. And then no. later when they're like huddled together in what appears to be just a completely empty, dark castle. Yeah. The Pembroke estate. <laughs> Uh, they're like unloading. They can't, even, they can't even keep the lights on there. They haven't stolen <laughs> enough wallets. Like, it's a mess. They're like unloading their haul of the stuff they have stolen that evening at this ball. Mm-hmm. And this movie is comedy gold, especially in this it was scene. Funny. Because <laughs> one of them has stolen a roll of toilet paper. And she's like, and, and Fiona Relatable. Vanessa Hudgens is like, this isn't going to help pay for our summer in whatever place that we're going to go. He's like, but it's double ploy. And she's like, I don't care. And he's like, don't you understand? It's double ploy. And I'm like, this is the best joke I've ever scene in a movie it's not my favorite joke (laughs) (laughs) i guess that's the end of my sentence (laughs) but i did i did think this movie was genuinely like i don't know i mean it's all these movies are slightly they're enjoyable to me in slightly different ways and then also not enjoyable at all but i feel like part of what makes a christmas prince funny is that it doesn't seem to realize that it's funny Mm. but the princess switch movies are being funny on purpose and i'm kind of laughing so i'm I'm laughing quite a bit and 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 it was uh written by two women robin bernheim berger and megan metzger so there you go that's why it's a feminist text just kidding women in comedy you love to see it (laughs) hilarious i did laugh at several points in this movie Oh, wait. No, wait. Yes. Yes. Okay. No, at that same ball. Okay. I wanted to know if you, I was, I wanted to text you about it, but then I'm like, no, I'm going to save it for the pod. (laughs) There's, I I watched it with, with Isaac and there was like a scene where I'm like, huh? Kevin and Margaret, Kevin like cuts in with Antonio and is like, oh may I have a dance with blah, blah, blah. Cause he's like Mr. Smooth, cool Chicago baker, whatever. Um, (laughs) Right. 
he and Margaret are dancing. And then at one point, they stop dancing and start just spinning around in a circle. Did you notice that? I didn't. I rewatched the scene like four times because they start out dancing. Everyone is slow dance, like whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all vaguely royal. And you're like, I know what this scene is. And then at some point, they stop doing the dancing. And then they just have their hands on each other's shoulders and they're continuing to talk and they're turning just in a circle i'm gonna honestly (laughs) i'm gonna get the time code so i can just like explain to you like okay it was continue but i'm gonna stop and just show you what i'm talking about because i i I can hear what i sound like right now but i swear (laughs) to god jamie i believe you i swear to god they just start turning in a circle and it's so (laughs) okay Amazing. Um, Let's take another quick break and then we will be right back. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal History. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. And we're back. Okay, so then... Antonio professes his feelings for Margaret outright. And then he tells Kevin that Kevin is getting in the way of Margaret's happiness, which Kevin's daughter, Olivia, overhears. So then she goes to Stacy and Margaret. Olivia out of school anytime her dad's horny? Like, what is this? <laughs> What's going on? Right. <sighs> uh, and it's like, maybe it's her, like, holiday break from school i don't know i, I don't know how long specified. they're there for i'm gonna need that specified because i'm Confusing. like we need olivia in school we need her like less in belgravia with her dad's ex like 
involving yeah. her on Kevin's end first, I know for the movie it makes sense, but involving her on Kevin's end is so irresponsible. Your child should not be involved in your love life to this extent. Like your child should not be coming with you on like operation, get her back. Like that's just not right. That's bad parenting. <laughs> it would be, and it would be one thing if within the context of a movie, there was like a stronger motivation established for her. If she was like, I want to be a princess. That's why I have such a vested interest in like my dad marrying this queen to be. Right. But there's absolutely no motivation established for her whatsoever. So it just feels weird and creepy, creepier than it already is. And it's not like, it's not like she's like, oh margaret has such an amazing personality like we know that's not true um <laughs> wait how should i do this should i just show you my computer screen or do what's you have the, the i have it already um just let me know the time code the time code is around just go to 21 minutes okay and you'll start to see what i'm what i'm talking about they start by i've never seen a dance like this where it starts as dancing and then it just turns into slow spinning while continuing to oh yep (laughs) i'm i'm seeing it (laughs) and then they do a wider shot of it and it looks even weirder because they're just like no one else is doing that it's just them that's incredible (laughs) there's they're turning in a circle and he's going maybe we could hang out as friends and i'm like why aren't you dancing anymore what's happening i wonder if they like they like had to learn like an actual ballroom dance but it was too complicated for both of them to do the dance and deliver their lines so they're like we're just Just gonna spin spin." just spin just spin (laughs) uh we know i mean vanessa hudgens is confirmed not a good dancer we've known this since high school musical 2006 so mm, not to not to put her on blast but you know it is true yeah so that happened sorry that was just like a big bump for me i was like whoa where where are we what's happening okay thank you for sharing that i don't know if i would have noticed otherwise how would you survive without this (laughs) truly um okay so olivia has overheard uh antonio bullying kevin basically so she goes to stacy and margaret and proposes that they switch places again so that Stacy can do Margaret's queen duties at the like Christmas concert that night or whatever, or like the following day. And Margaret can still like, l- here's the thing. <laughs> Margaret. The stakes are so Stays low. herself. The only one. Okay. So the whole reason for this switch is so that Margaret and Kevin can have some alone time together. So it's really mm-hmm. just Stacy masquerading as Margaret in public so that Margaret has the time to be alone with Kevin. So there's a makeover montage, of course, in which all the Vanessa Hudgenses switch place. But because they're doing this whole switch so that Margaret can have alone time with Kevin, Kevin knows that he is spending time with Margaret. Yeah. The only person that is seeing Margaret as Stacy is Kevin. So there's no reason that they needed to actually switch places all the way. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. (laughs) You're totally right. Because he knows he knows he's spending time with Margaret. But even so, she dresses as Stacy, which just makes the whole thing weirder because now he's like, well, the woman I love now has like the hair and clothes of my best friend. Which wouldn't that be weird for him? Like, I just don't. (laughs) But. Also, this is, this is, again, I'm overthinking this by a trillion. 
But were I putting myself in the shoes of either Kevin or Edward, first of all, I would not be involved with any of these Vanessas. <laughs> like these Vanessas only bring chaos. Um, but I would be constantly like I think it would almost be like probably a problem in the relationship I would constantly be carding Vanessa I'd be like can you show me some ID like who are Mm. you like Edward especially who is somehow like both obsessed with his wife and has no idea what she looks like because (laughs) he like so that was when I started feeling less bad for Edward I'm like well he doesn't even know what his wife looks like what's wrong Mm -hmm. with this guy like Mary Kate and Ashley's boyfriends husbands whomever like they can always tell the difference those french boys met them one time before and they knew exactly which one was mary kate and which one was ashley if it's prince edward you know which vanessa you're married to is all i'm saying like it's just another strike against that marriage and then also (laughs) kevin at the end who's been we'll get there but like particularly if i were kevin after what he goes through in this out he granted he should never have come But Mm. after what he goes through in this saga, I would have been like, okay, before I marry you at the airport, can you just like, can you just confirm which Vanessa you are? Please (laughs) stop asking me to take your word for it because it doesn't work. You know, like, yeah, (sighs) I don't know. I would just be like, I'm sorry. Like, I'm sure at least one of the Vanessas is a lovely person, but I just need to like remove myself from the whole Vanessa situation because it's too much. It's so confusing. And it's so confusing. Yeah. Why does Margaret go through the trouble of dressing as Stacy when the only person who is going to see her is Kevin, who knows that she is still Margaret? And Doesn't make also, any sense. The place they go to is a, an abandoned Christmas festival. No one's there. <laughs> no, literally. Right. He's like, let's go to the Christmas <sighs> festival. And then there's zero people there. But it's open. It's like, how many people live in Montanaro? Is it six? Is it seven? Also, how many right. people is she queen of? If you want to, I'm just like, if you really want some alone time, wouldn't you like spend a like romantic evening together? Like just like not building snowmans together in what feels like a very platonic Vanessa well that's just like a casting issue Vanessa has never had any chemistry with this actor wait what is his name Uh, but she's never had any chemistry with this guy so Mm -hmm. no matter which Vanessa it is she doesn't have chemistry with him and I mean and if you don't think she has chemistry with him wait till you see her her and I lack of chemistry (laughs) (laughs) like like do you know these people i she's allegedly known both of these actors for like at least three years yeah um but also oh my god no wait uh the guy who plays kevin is also kind of untraceable he doesn't have a wikipedia page oh what is his deal oh he's he's british wait this is so confusing what kevin is british (laughs) oh this is (laughs) oh make it make sense it'll never it will never Uh, so kevin secretly british that's also a better plot point um (laughs) but no yeah he revealed the whole time i'm part of the royal family you're like wait i'm not a baker at all um but also to to your point of how nonsensical it is to have them switch it would first of all be a better date if they were in private and also there would be no need like it, there would be no there would be zero stakes no need to switch there'd be zero stakes if there was even no risk of her getting caught in public but then there's no risk of her getting caught in public because they went to an abandoned carnival <laughs> <laughs> like right huh 
the the more I think about it, the less anything makes sense. Yeah. The stakes are on the floor with Margaret the, and Stacy the at the beginning. The stakes are subterranean. But meanwhile, Fiona, they couldn't be higher. Oh. Everything's riding on this. Okay. So, Margaret and Stacy agree to this completely unnecessary switch. Meanwhile, Fiona is hatching a plan of her own to pretend to be Margaret so that she can get access to Margaret's royal money and steal some of it. That's how it works. You get the royal <laughs> pin number on the day of coronation. <laughs> That's like, the, okay. The stakes are higher for her, but her storyline still makes no sense because no, it, it yeah. was not at all clear to me why she needed to go through with the coronation ceremony to gain access to the money. She could have just because reasons. It makes sense that she was still that she would still need to kind of masquerade as Margaret for a little while to like hack into her bank account or whatever but to do the whole coronation i was like that's not necessary it definitely isn't no (laughs) um okay glad we agree the same way but i also was just like it it, i feel like this movie really is a case study of like how much nonsense you'll put up with based on how much you are personally invested in the character Mm because no one's storyline makes sense but i'm rooting for fiona why because she's (laughs) interesting oh she's so messy she's the only vanessa whose plotline isn't connected to like a man like she's just like i'm I'm trying to, I mean, granted, she's trying to steal the throne, but you know, it's like, she's going to be literally what she's going to be a queen of 14 people. Margaret (laughs) did not want the job. Except she suddenly does in this movie, which is, I mean, talking about a switch, that's the real switch. The The the, uh, completely, yeah, the completely out of nowhere motivation switch of Margaret's character from the first movie to the second movie. That's what the princess switch should be about. But I like that Fiona, I like that Fiona um, justifies, she's like, oh no, I could totally look like Margaret. Look at, here's a picture of me from my Ariana phase. And it's like (laughs) a picture of her as Vanessa Hudgens and the hench people are like, oh, totally. Yeah. And then Sersha goes like nuclear and is just like, okay, here's what we have to do. And like Mm. starts training her to be a princess, even though it's like, um, last time I checked Sersha, you are a hench person. So I don't know what you know about. (laughs) And Fiona is again, part of the Royal family. She might be like, I don't know if she's like a duchess or something, but she's like, she would know more. She knows how to be a Royal. Right. (laughs) Uh, she lives in an estate that doesn't have electricity, but you know, it's an I estate mean, nonetheless. She could still flip it. Uh, the, <laughs> the, the, that's yeah. another story. This is just becoming a story notes podcast over time. But another story note that I had that another, yet another thing that could make Margaret 1% interesting is like the only connection we know about like uh, I keep wanting to say Vanessa, Fiona and Margaret mm-hmm. are that they're cousins. Yeah. And we know nothing about what their actual relationship is as cousins. Like I thought it could, I wrote down, it could have been interesting if like maybe Fiona brings out Margaret's wild side and they used to like have fun together and like Ooh. they had a close relationship, but then something happened and now they're estranged. And like that would give some sort of connection on like, it would make it even funnier slash maybe wouldn't be as funny if Fiona bullied Margaret like she does. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's like, there is no, we have no indication of, we just know they're cousins. We don't know what their relationship is like. We don't know if they have any fond memories together. Like, 
I just felt like contextualizing that a little bit would have given us a stronger, I mean, a stronger connection with a female character than Margaret has with Stacy, who she just like trusts without questioning, even though Stacy's a disaster. Just because they look exactly alike, which is not a basis for trust in a friendship. Watch any Mary Kay Nashley movie. They always fight. Uh, the, <laughs> there's always conflict and then it's resolved. That's how twin movies work. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, we don't know anything about like, I wanted, I was like, oh, it would have been fun if Margaret's like, oh, I don't hang out with Fiona anymore because just things would always get wild when she's around and I'm just not myself around Fiona. I just mm. like, it would have been fun. That's a great, uh, like that's great backstory for them. <sighs> the only other thing we know about Fiona because we don't know much about her character, but the one thing we do learn is that her father also died, maybe recently. Another not thing sure. they could talk about. They could bond over the uh, uh, loss, uh, the the grieving process. You know, there's there's all kinds of stuff. And apparently, like, I mean, wouldn't like the king have been Fiona's uncle? Like, that's also right. Yeah, they would be grieving the same two people. That's true. Right. She. Yeah. Why didn't they see each other at the funeral? Why didn't Fiona? <gasps> did Fiona not go to the king's funeral? And wouldn't that have caused a scandal? Not only a scandal in the family, but like a public scandal? Someone hire me at a Bulgravian newspaper. Like there's a lot going on here and no one is writing about it. What? Like the pot? I, I, I got really too fixated on the politics of Bulgravia and Aldovia in this one uh, this year. And it's like everything is a disaster but yeah again that's that i didn't even think of that the fact that they both recently lost parents who would have been each other's uncles right (gasps) right well it's because they play off fiona's father's death as a joke because (laughs) stacy is like you mean percival pembroke who died of a peanut allergy and that whole thing is just like that's not funny Oh, uh, not to backtrack to the beginning of the movie, but did you find the opening montage to be very aggressive? Because I found it to be very aggressive and gaslighting in a way that was like, it made me laugh, but it was like, so the beginning is animated and it's just recapping the previous movie, which I do appreciate because everyone watching it needs that because it's not a memorable movie. Um, (laughs) But the way that it's written and the way Vanessa Hudgens reads it is really aggressive where she goes like of course you probably remember that my name is Stacy and I'm from Chicago and naturally you remember Kevin and then like every time something happens you're like no I don't remember that no I don't remember that no I don't remember that and Stacy's just like being she's like and naturally you would be remiss not to remember Margaret and you're like I don't remember that like it was just I I know it was a joke and I feel like it's the movie acknowledging how how like ridiculously unmemorable the first movie was but i found it to be a really aggressive way to start and then it goes like and of course you know that the king is dead and of course you know that the prince abdicated the throne and you're like well i really don't we know really that. don't know because those things never happened on screen is anyone going to be sad about that is anyone going to be no no it doesn't matter anyways the beginning yeah. i was just like the beginning like vo i was like Stop yelling at me. Like, it's not my fault. Your movie sucked and I don't remember anything from it. Jeez. Oh, it really sets the tone, though. Okay. It really does. Yeah. So, so 
Fiona is hatching her plan to become Margaret so that she can gain access to the throne to steal the money. Right. Okay. So then, mm-hmm. so, so then Stacy becomes Margaret for the night. Margaret becomes Stacy and they proceed with their plan. Mm-hmm. Everything seems like it's going to be fine until Fiona shows up also pretending to be Margaret and she abducts Stacy who Fiona thinks is Margaret. Okay. Having this trouble is, following along because I am. <laughs> This scene, this is like the only, like one of the only parts where I'm like, okay, this is like kind of compelling. And then it like falls apart really quickly. Mm-hmm. But, but when Sersha puts like the, the chemical rag over Vanessa's mouth, you're like, whoa, that escalated really quickly. I didn't think that they were going to like, you know, actually like really commit a crime against a Vanessa, but they did. Well, it's not Sersha. It is Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, wait, you're right. Chloroforming herself. That's iconic. Like, you have in an, to admit. In an incredible piece of cinema. You have to admit, that is, like, <laughs> pretty amazing. It's it's incredible. That's brilliant writing. But, yeah, they, they commit a pretty serious felony in this movie, which, oh, which sure. Fiona only gets a slight slap on the wrist for. I do love that <laughs> Antonio goes to the dungeon and Fiona gets community service. Again, iconic. Like... <laughs> Clearly, there's some nepotism yeah. at play here. Maybe. Mm. Um, okay, so now Fiona has taken the place of Margaret and abducted Stacy because of this whole comedy of errors thing. Yeah. Then Margaret shows back up at the end of the night after her night with Kevin, where they platonically build snow people together. Mm-hmm. And Margaret goes to the person who th- who she thinks is Stacy, but it of course is really Fiona. And Fiona to Margaret is like, Stacy, get out of here. And Margaret's like, wait a minute, Stacy, the game is up. What are you talking about? It's time to switch back. And then this is when Fiona kicks Margaret out of her Fiona own bedroom. Wrecking balls Margaret's like <laughs> entire life and sense of self in a single scene. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, why am I cheering her on? But I was so was. I was like, Fiona, you're amazing. Like, she, she's such a villain. She's like the perfect villain. She's like trying on the crown. Like, <laughs> and then she flings it into a Christmas tree. She like frisbees it in. And then she's like, get out of here, Margaret. You're not the queen. And she's like, oh, OK. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, Fiona, there's this, there's a moment where Fiona is staring at herself in the mirror, wearing Margaret's crown, <laughs> laughing maniacally and being like, off with their heads. And it's just like, <laughs> you're like, yeah, off with their heads. Um, yeah. yeah, it's really hard to get me to <laughs> to, to root for, um, you know, uh, character this privileged. But whew, Fiona Ooh. is really cool she nails and it yep. i'm you know i'm really I, I really wish that she had taken the crown because clearly margaret doesn't i mean if anything it, it proves the fact that margaret is not fit to rule it's the fact that she got you know steamrolled by her own cousin out of her own identity in less than a minute like okay <laughs> that's not the constitution of someone who could run a country it's just not <laughs> Right. What's gonna okay. happen to you? What's gonna happen to you in the royal court? You're gonna be a disaster. Anyway. Y- yeah. You. If you have no sense of self, what? Are, where are your convictions? Where is your? Where is your sense of anything? Where's your like? I guess her only staff is Antonio, and she's constantly refusing his help. Which, granted, ends up being a good idea because he's also a villain. But like, she keeps being like, 
it's so confusing because she's like, I don't know how to be a queen and this is really confusing. But then whenever she's offered help, she's like, I don't want help. And I'm like, so do you just want to be like a bad queen? Like, what do you what do you want? Well, that's also a weird dynamic because like, yeah, he is her advisor, but he's also constantly throwing himself at her. So that would that would give me some kind of like imposter syndrome like something but if i were margaret and i were the fucking queen i mean i know i'm like putting a lot on her but i'm like she can fire him yeah and hire an advisor she trusts happens in christmas prints all the time they they like lose them like defense against the dark arts professors there's a new one every movie like you can you can fire antonio like right she's the queen like i just and again, it's like if that dynamic were explored at all of like, oh, I really need to like, you know, become more assertive and I need mm-hmm. to like stop worrying about pleasing other people and like do what I know is right for my country. Like, yeah, that's a compelling narrative to center on. Like, and I wouldn't be so judgy of her if I thought that that was being done to like tell a story. But it isn't there. She's just like, ugh, she's just <laughs> I'm like, just fire and literally fire and fire him. Lie to him. Be like, sorry, things aren't going to work out. It's out of my hands. And I'm going to hire someone qualified. You know, I'm going to hire. She, should have, she could have someone else on her staff because she's going to have a large staff. If she's about to be queen, she can get someone else to fire him. She never even has to talk to Antonio. It's so confusing. Anyway. Hire Simon. <laughs> Simon's right over there in Aldovia. Oh, cousin Simon. Right. Cousin Simon. It turns out he really redeems himself. You know, That's true. It turns out Simon can be trusted. So mm. just, you know, hire Simon. He's got experience and um you don't need Antonio. Hire a woman in this position. Like Seriously. hire a fourth Vanessa Hudgens is your like do whatever. <laughs> but don't They're just be like, oh, this is so awkward with Antonio. I wish I could do something. It's like you 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 can. have more power than anyone to do something about it. <laughs> Literally, you're like the only person who can't. So you got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then, so now that there's like this snag in Fiona's plan, she has to act more quickly. This means she has to move the coronation ceremony to that night. Mm-hmm. But first, she cancels her dinner plans with Kevin, who <gasps> who had just had this lovely evening building snow people with so so fiona still pretending to be margaret yeah tells kevin that things are over between them and he's devastated mm-hmm. and he heads to the airport meanwhile the real margaret goes to prince edward who has just been like bumbling around this entire movie not aware of where he is oh or who God. his wife is he's or just anything been, he's just been gaslit by so <laughs> many people and then he asks vanessa for help and he never receives the help he asks for. That was when I was truly at my like most sympathetic for Prince Edward is when he like asks, well, and least because you're like, you can't tell that's your wife. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but also half the time I can't either. There's some times where I'm like, wait, who is that? But um, I think they should have made a little bit more difference in the hair because sometimes I'm like, mm, all the accents are so fake. Um, the only thing that gets me to n- figure out who is who is that Margaret always wears like a deep red lipstick and oh, usually yes. more eye makeup, but not as much eye makeup as Fiona. So, just, yeah, <laughs> I know they all have to kind of look like Vanessa Hudgens, but like. It does get confusing. <laughs> there should be more. Yeah, there should be like a, a greater visual signifier of like which one is which. I did feel bad for Prince Edward when he was drinking cocoa just in the middle of an empty room and was like, oh, like, 
my wife doesn't want to hang out with me. I'm so sad. I'm not even that busy. I'm lying about being busy. Being a king isn't even that hard. Like, oh, this sucks. And then he's talking to his wife. And <laughs> and she's like, oh, um, it'll probably all work out. <laughs> You're like, that's all you got? Oh, it's sad. <laughs> I, ugh, it, I yeah. felt bad for him in that scene. I was like, Edward, just move on, man. Well, my main note for him was that, not that I even appreciate this per se, because I don't like it when like any character who, because he seems like a pretty kind, decent man he doesn't seem like a bad person he just seems like the world was boring boring and unaware of his surroundings but his parents are probably cousins he's a royal you know (laughs) know. and they're probably dead maybe from a peanut allergy who can say (laughs) but parents peanuts parents peanuts (laughs) um what i noticed i suppose is that in most movies that revolve around a romantic storyline and there is also a some kind of like lie or bet or like game Mm -hmm. component to the romance where a character is being lied to about what's Mm -hmm. really happening. It's usually a woman who is like the victim of this lie. So for that to be switched a little bit and it's, it's Edward who is constantly being lied to and gaslit. Uh, Again, I don't like (laughs) to see it. The thing is like, it's like, I, I don't like when people like writers are like, Oh, I'm not, you know, they invert it instead of subverting it. Right. Where they're like, Oh, let's just do a fucking oceans 12 of this plot point. Like you're like, it's still (laughs) not compelling. I felt the same way about, um, Kevin in the sweatpants like I feel like that's usually a plot point that's like right taken against a female character who went through a breakup and they're like oh get yourself together you're wearing sweatpants you have to like get him back and I think that right that- oh yeah and he's also like I'm gonna get another cat and it's like come on like cat they're lady in sweatpants cat lady thing to him. Right. and they're like oh but it's a cat daddy it's so a it's daddy. fine and you're like I- it's still like no like what well we're trying to say is like let's do one better for yeah. everybody like yeah i oh every time they it's just such lazy laziness to <laughs> i mean but these movies are lazy so i wasn't mm. like outraged but i'm like yeah Ke- kevin and edward are both kind of like treated how women in this genre are often treated which is interesting mm-hmm. but it's still bad writing right like, <laughs> it's not like good writing to take a stereotype and then just gender flip it that's not right. that's creative really stop doing that like yeah but in this genre i guess it makes the i don't like it but it's like I, I guess i'm not like why isn't this movie better written like mm. we know why <laughs> yeah but yeah i totally agree i was i find edward he's just sipping cocoa he's he's wearing sweatpants spiritually not literally (laughs) right he might be literally wearing a tuxedo but spiritually he's also a sad sweatpants cat daddy it's true but yeah like you said our as an audience our expectations need to be as low as the stakes are for stacy and margaret which uh, (laughs) is uh like basement level apartment style low (sighs) um (laughs) all right so so Fiona has sabotaged Kevin's relationship with Margaret. Meanwhile, the real Margaret goes to Prince Edward and tells him and her, the other few members of her staff that she does have mm-hmm. about the situation. And then they figure out that 
this imposter is Fiona and she must have kidnapped Stacy and that they must be keeping her at the Pembroke estate. How they managed to figure out exactly where Stacy is based on what little information they have only deduced and not even uh-huh. confirmed <laughs> is a bit confusing, but they figure it, it all out. It just happens to be right. And then Fiona as Margaret is trying to convince Antonio to like move the coronation ceremony to that night so that she can be crowned queen for reasons unclear that for plot. doesn't need to happen. For plot reason. Um, but Antonio realizes that Fiona is not Margaret and he's like, mm-hmm. well, I'll rat you out or you can let me in on this scheme and we can split the money. So that's their plan moving forward. Meanwhile, sure is. <laughs> I, I liked when they combined forces, but again, I just felt like even like the stakes were confusing for Antonio. I like, if we're going to have Antonio, which we don't need, really, mm-hmm. I kind of wish he wanted more or like I didn't understand why by the rules of this movie, you would think that Antonio would like fall madly in love with Fiona right away. He's like, oh, I love women who look like Vanessa Hudgens and you're evil just like me. Like just there was no he was just like, OK, I guess I'm on board as long as I'm involved. Right. I didn't want them to fall in love, but I just like thought there should have been some other thing he wanted like it shouldn't have been so easy for her for fiona to just be like okay we're evil together now like you right. know like because then his his function kind of like goes away like i don't uh-huh. know it's yeah weird. well and then his motivation is established to be that because she's like why do you need my why do you need the money you're filthy rich and he's like no my brother inherited most of the estate i only have a very small income, which I'm sure is still very substantial, okay. but, but by he royal and Fiona standards. are like identical in that they're like, I want to maintain my lifestyle, but I can't. Yeah, exactly. So, but that implies that if his brother inherited the estate, his dad also must be dead. Right? What's going on? <laughs> Who's here? killing all the elder members of this royal family? Do they all have peanut allergies? <laughs> Could you trace it back? Is there a royal chef that's got it in for everybody? <gasps> is, is it, it Kevin? Sa- is it the same royal chef who is in The Christmas Prince 2? <sighs> who Rudy befriends? <laughs> it makes you... Whoa. Oh, that would be... <laughs> wow. Rudy. I can't even think about Rudy right now. My head will explode. <laughs> Uh, the... Hey, I'm walking here. I'm hey, from New York. Yeah, I got Rudy's diner. We're gonna make some sliders. You're like, this is just, this is. Uh, we need to turn the television off. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. They, I didn't even think of that. Where he, I, uh, I don't know. The the whole Antonio. He Antonio. I feel like should have been like left in a previous draft. I don't. Well, by the end, it's like Fiona's doing what Antonio is doing. And then it's like, well, then why do we need two of these characters? What? I guess he right. technically is like, well, I can get the coronation to happen earlier. But I'm like, well, all right. Yeah, I, don't I guess. Know. I, don't I, liked, know. I liked when the priest was confused. Mm, that was fun. That was very fun. Anyways. So, yeah, now Antonio is like dot, dot, dot involved. Like, he, I don't know. He, yeah, he's in on the scheme. Meanwhile, Edward, Margaret, and the others... 
Margaret's staff rescue mm-hmm. Stacy from Pembroke Estate and then rush to the cathedral to stop Fiona from going through with a coronation. And then that's when the priests are all confused. And then they successfully stop all that. Antonio gets thrown in the dungeon. Uh, Fiona just sort of slips out unpunished. Mm -hmm. And then they all rush to the airport where Kevin is about to get on a plane. Again, the tropiest thing that the movie possibly could have done. They do it. Uh, (laughs) And then Margaret's like, no, that wasn't me who sent you away. That was Fiona. I love you. I want to marry you. And he's like, I want to marry you. So then they find a random priest who is about to board his flight in this This Belgravian or whatever the fuck country they're in. At this point, I was like, sure. I also, (laughs) something I got really stuck on. But apparently they were, I was, I was outraged at the very idea that there would be a direct flight from Chicago to Belgravia. Mm. But I guess that they were going to London to get a connecting flight to Chicago. So yeah. you know what? Good job, movie. Good job. The movie, movie. did I was its like, homework. There's no way there's a direct from Chicago to Belgravia. I just Absolutely don't not. believe it. No. Anyways. But yeah. But yes. They find a priest who is about to get onto a fucking Delta flight. <laughs> <laughs> and then they make him officiate their impromptu airport wedding. Kevin does not card Vanessa. <laughs> no one has to prove their identity. First of all, Priest needs to like get his act together because I'm pretty mm. sure you need to prove who you are before you can get married. And you, you need to like sign documents sign and paper. stuff. It was a sham. It was a sham of a wedding. A and wedding. I hope that they know that they weren't, they're not actually married and that Kevin <laughs> can still go back to Chicago and we don't need to continue. Oh, maybe that's part of the plot of the third movie. Mm. Anyway, the, Mary was cl- the marriage was clearly not legitimate. <laughs> the priest was coerced. So this completely. Not legally binding marriage happens at the airport. And then the next day is Christmas. And that is when the real Margaret has her real coronation to become the real queen. And this is where Queen Amber and King Richard from Christmas Prince and their royal baby. baby. (laughs) They are present. And we go. "Ah!" And then everyone lives happily ever after. And that's the movie this is the smallest reward that i'll get i was concerned that the coronation was also going to turn into a second wedding i was at least glad that like after the airport wedding i'm like oh my god they're gonna do like and now here's the real wedding but at least at very very least the coronation stayed focused on margaret as it should have stayed focused on margaret Mm -hmm. even though it was uh nothing makes sense but I did appreciate, I was concerned there was going to be a second larger wedding following uh-huh. the airport wedding. Sure. A uh, few, few things that we blew through that I just, I just, mm. <laughs> Stacy escaping from the hench people mm-hmm. is extremely compelling. That was the coolest thing she's ever done in her entire character's life is when she escapes from, I'm like, okay, so you have skills. You can at least bake and <laughs> escape old castles like (laughs) you know apply these skills somewhere you know just do that 
And I like that I do. I will hand it to the movie that she got herself out of that situation. Edward throws a punt at the very end, but that's literally the first thing he's done in the entire movie. So I yeah. guess I'll give it a pen. But like he didn't rescue her. She rescued herself. She rescues herself. And then Edward throws a ceremonial princely punch at the end to um, what's his name? The, the, Reg- the Does it pass the Bechdel Reg- test when the most boring character in the movie punches the most interesting character in the movie in the face yes it does (laughs) and then also does it we also skipped over this does it pass the mental test when uh one hench person locks another hench person in a trunk does that (laughs) because saoirse ronan gets locked in a trunk for some reason does it pass the bechdel test when she get out (laughs) when third vanessa hudgens aka fiona is looking at herself in the mirror laughing and being like off with the heads Yes. Okay. That actually, I think it does. When any of the Vanessa's, I I will say it does not pass the Bechdel test very much. I wasn't keeping like super close math on this, but it it barely passes between Stacy and Margaret, if at all, because all they ever do is talk about fucking Kevin. Uh, (laughs) Right. So that's not good. I think it does pass between the gals and Olivia at one point. Uh Um, It definitely passes between Fiona and Margaret. That basically that whole scene is Fiona. (laughs) Does it pass when Vanessa Hudgens tells a different Vanessa Hudgens that she's useless and to get out? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, So it does pass between various Vanessas and also with Olivia. And then I think with Saoirse a couple of times. Mm -hmm. But. The, okay, the end, the end, the end where Fiona. Okay, so I do love when Margaret rolls up and you're like, okay, we know that Stacy has been captured. We haven't figured out that Kevin is going to the Belgravian airport. I'm assuming the only one, or not Belgrave, Montanaro. I don't know where they are. Yeah, I guess they are in Montanaro. Yeah. I, it's it's pretty close, but yeah. like they're going to the Montanaro airport. By oh okay I have another question but just a second <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> okay um so th- they roll up I'm like okay this is where Margaret's arc is gonna go it's gonna be like she's finally gonna stand up for herself for the first time in the entire movie and she's gonna be like Fiona you're going you're out of here sweetheart but she she sends Antonio to the dungeon mm-hmm. which is something that also exists in a Christmas Prince that I'm like. Do those mm. still exist? I don't know. They mm. send Antonia to the dungeon, life imprisonment, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Without a trial. Fiona <laughs> talks her way out of it within a minute. Again, yeah. I'm like, yeah. we needed to see Margaret stand up to her bully cousin, and she mm-hmm. doesn't do it. She's like, okay, you're going to have to do so much community service. And Fiona's like, thank you so much. This was a big misunderstanding. Yeah, you're my family and I've always looked up to you. She's lying her way through the whole monologue and Margaret completely buys it. If you're rooting for Fiona, it kind of rocks. Like if you're rooting for Fiona at the end, (laughs) you're like, wow, she was like a devious lying villain to the very end because there's no way she's like... Yeah, Kazo, like Kazo, you just realized that, or also how that, did you remember that line where Fiona like is talking to Margaret and she says something to the effect of, yeah, you didn't realize that you wanted to be a queen until now. <laughs> like, how do you know that? Yeah. What are you talking right. about? Mm. It was iconic. It reminds me of that meme that's like, no, don't do that. You're so sexy. Ha ha. 
Fiona does that, but she's like, no, don't put me in the dungeon. You're so sexy. Ha ha. <laughs> and Margaret's like, okay, uh, I won't. And then she doesn't. Yeah. Um, but then she's told she has community service, but then she's seen surrounded by cops and then at the coronation. So right, who right, knows? right. Yeah. Who, Did yeah. the hanged people go to the dungeon? Why weren't they at the coronation? What happened there? Right. Who, what's that all about? Who was that cab driver? What was that all about? Okay, isn't that a reference to the first movie? Yes, but I, 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 then I went back and watched the first movie, and I'm like, I also don't understand him in the first movie. Is he Santa? I think it's there's some implication that he's sort of like this magical Christmas figure who <laughs> orchestrates these fantastical storylines or something. But then I also was like, we didn't get a satisfactory enough answer of who he was in the first movie to justify bringing him back. Because right. what... His plot, he's like a plot Santa because all he does is, all he does, he also does more in the first movie than he does in this one. The right. only thing he does in this movie is drives Kevin and Olivia to the airport the wrong way. Correct. Like he just drives into the airport really, really slowly. In a very roundabout way, yes. Classic Santa. <laughs> um, he just drives them to the airport wrong because he knows that one of the Vanessas has to get out of a castle and the other Vanessa right. has to also that wasn't the castle they were describing like a good hour away from the re- they they say that the castle is an hour away so yes. you have to factor it. so I'm like how long were they in this cab um right that was such a commute that's like a two hour how far away yeah. is the airport unless the the airport just happened to be right next to the Pembroke estate but we have we're not given a map we don't know we assume it's a quite a drive. I felt like I was just spinning around in a circle when I was supposed to be dancing. <laughs> it was a really jarring experience. Well, um, also, Olivia, I guess, uh, you know what? Fuck Chicago, Olivia. We live in uh, we live in Montanaro now. Right. Just like, oh, what's that you say, Olivia? Just like the end of the last fucking movie. That's right. <laughs> these characters have the exact same ending as the last fucking movie. Ugh. It's, I mean, it's easy to like uproot a child character from her life when you don't do anything at all to characterize her or give her like an interior life at all and only make her obsessed with whether who, who her father is having sex with and whether or not they are having sex. So... I feel for Kevin to an extent, but also like he shouldn't have shown up like that. Margaret could have been justifiably mad at him. He shouldn't have brought his child into this whole situation again. So what's what? Uh, so what? Let's not forget. So the, mo- the this movie opens after the animated montage, but before the plot starts. And the whole plot of the first movie revolves around this baking contest Yes. Which, what is up with Belgravia and Montanaro that they have their royal family being the judges for these low-budget baking contests? Uh, yeah, it's like, are you, that, <laughs> it brings me back to the first scene where, the, like, Stacey and Edward are like, we're so busy. And it's like, Doing clearly what? you're yeah, not. Yeah, going to, going to a, a baking competition. <laughs> sure, yeah, it's like, okay, yeah, you're booked right up um (laughs) i will say that that of and this is like not really a compliment but the princess switch movies are um 
a little more diverse than some of the other Netflix Christmas movies Mm -hmm. because usually, especially in A Christmas Prince, which we'll talk about in our other episode, um, when there are non-white characters, they are troped, troped, troped in very offensive ways. Mm -hmm. And usually relegated to like secondary or tertiary characters. Exactly. So in in The Princess Switch, um, that doesn't happen. Uh, It's still very aggressively hetero. Mm. And the movies are still like god awful, but um, you know, there. That's the end of my sentence. That, there it I, is. Yep. Take yes. it or leave it. Most will choose <laughs> to leave it, um, and that's okay. <laughs> no, but yeah, I mean, Christmas movies in general. When we've talked about this, I mean, there's a whole conversation to be had, which we've had on on different episodes about just the centering the rigid white heteroness of that and just like holiday movies predominantly being about christmas which is obviously a very christian holiday Mm -hmm. uh leaving out many other holidays of this season other holidays of any season any other religions any non-religions you know like what about secular people and their celebrations And, you know, just completely erasing any kind of other cultures or religions, holidays and traditions and things like that. So there's just like a very like Christian, white, hetero centric idealization of. It's I mean, if you look at some of I'm sure that a lot of our listeners have seen already, like the montages of hallmark christmas movie posters it's always like a hetero white couple in when one's wearing a green sweater and one's wearing a blue sweater and they're all the (laughs) same exact movie Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's it's something that it seems like at very least these companies are becoming aware of and they're aware that there is a demand for more diversity in this genre Mm -hmm. so I hope we continue to see more of that, even in the Netflix Christmas movie universe. Like you've seen things improving. The movies are always bad, but that's also the genre. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. The Princess Switch is like definitely a nudge in the right direction in 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 that regard. Yeah. The movies are never going to be good. And we all and, and on top of that, um, we need movies that are less rigidly hetero i mean uh, again a christmas prince tries to do this but they do it in mostly a way that's tropey and bad yes so uh, it's it's interesting how i feel like these genres especially these very formulaic genres are interesting to keep an eye on in terms of like progress and representation mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't know there, th- this genre in particular has so much work to do in terms of casting more diversely telling literally and a second story a second story would be amazing um (laughs) because it's mostly the same movie five thousand times yes there's been a lot written about it as well that Mm -hmm. probably speak to this more articulately than we are and i feel like we we do talk about it every year um yeah so this this genre is this movie and this series is is not the worst offender, which um, is definitely is not saying much. Um, uh, not saying much, <laughs> but you know, it's. Uh, I, I think that like it is true that when movies like these do well and they're continually like nudged and pressured to have more representation in the worst film genre of all time, like it does make a difference, and it's important that we keep, yeah, talking about it. Um, For sure. 
you know, I do want a fourth Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> well, here, let me tell you about my pitch for okay, yes. Princess Switch 3 switched again, again. This episode is officially longer than the Longer Princess than Switch. the movie. Anyway, whoopsies. Continue. Um, well, I luckily have most of my notes. They've already been said. I do have a couple other things. But le- yeah, so here's a pitch that I spent exactly five seconds thinking of. So it, it doesn't make any sense, but neither do any of these movies. So it's actually Ooh. very in keeping with um, the brand. <laughs> okay, so the movie opens. Margaret is six months pregnant with a royal baby, but... Her airport wedding with Kevin was only three months ago. (gasps) Oh, no. So to avoid a premarital sex scandal, she and Stacy have to switch places again because Stacy is not pregnant so that Stacy can appear in public as uh, Margaret looking Mm non-pregnant. But... Stacy is getting tired of being in the public eye. So she's like, this is so much pressure. I don't know how much longer I can deal with this. And then just then, a long lost cousin of Stacy's, who comes from deep within Appalachia, shows up and she's like, why do you get all the like royal fun? I want a part of this. You know, we're 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 family. I should be entitled to some, you I'm know, you. royal whatever. Mm-hmm. So, but she this this uh, this cousin almost discovers this secret pregnancy. So then they have to get Fiona back. Greg, sorry, what did you say? Oh, sorry, pregnancy. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> So then they have to get Margaret's cousin Fiona back to pretend to actually no I don't the, this is the I've lost the thread but basically there's something there I'm you on get board. the four Vanessa Hudgenses I want Vanessa Hudgens to give birth to another Vanessa Hudgens. Oh, full <gasps> Vanessa size. They're like she or like one of the <laughs> Okay, here's my pitch. Stacy okay. lays an egg one day and she's like, "Oh my god." what is this and then it's called it's called princess switch three switched again again the royal egg and uh all about an egg that stacy lays and she has to sit on the egg and meanwhile fiona and margaret have to switch for some reason someone has to switch with stacy so now a a different vanessa sitting on the egg and all this stuff happens and then at Mm. the end edward eats a peanut and he dies (laughs) and he dies and just as he's dying a fourth Vanessa Hudgens hatches out of the egg. Wow. And then everyone has dad trauma. <gasps> All the Vanessas. Wow. This Does state is Stacy's father alive? Do we know? Is he? I forget. I don't know if that if he ever gets brought up. So I'm not sure. Well, my pitch is uh, fourth Vanessa Hudgens <laughs> hatches out of an egg. Incredible. Could be fun. Love it. Uh, let's pitch it to uh, the most generic sounding production company in the world, Motion Picture Corporation of Corporation America. of America. Motion Picture Chicago of America. <laughs> um, <sighs> I just have a couple last... I mean, we've talked about how tropey these movies tend to be. Mm-hmm. They're tropey in, this, in the kind of Christmas movie sense. They're tropey in the rom-com sense. Part of that is a makeover montage in which we get not one, not two, yes. but three different makeovers happening because of all the switches. I guess necessary to the plot, but is it? 
Um, what is it? <laughs> oh, okay. A couple notes on um, Fiona, who again is the best character. At one point, she gets into a convertible while it is snowing with the top down and drives off in the snow with the top still down. Explain that. I <laughs> honestly did not even notice and now it's, oh, it just keeps I'll try worse. to figure out the time code for that because yes, it's a must watch. I honestly didn't even register the aggressive makeover scene mm. because I think I'm so gaslit by these movies. <laughs> Good call. Good call. <sighs> um, let me see. Was there anything else? My last question I had, this is kind of a crossover question with our Christmas Prince 2 episode, but my question is, what side of World War II was Belgravia on? Great question. I could see it going either way. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. I don't trust. I don't trust. um, Maybe that's why Vanessa wasn't upset that her father died. Maybe he was on the wrong side of World War II. I don't know. Could be. I don't know. Yeah, there's... What's the history of this country? I feel like with Aldovia, we get too much history. In bait, where, mm. but their history is mostly related to <laughs> curses and ghosts. <laughs> but Belgravia, we know nothing. We know nothing about the history of the we country. Know, I wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if they had a pretty fashy history. That's just my thought. We got we got to get to the bottom of this. We got another year. We certainly do. <sighs> the movie does pass the Bechdel test, as we mentioned. Yes. However, nipple scale wise, uh. <laughs> <laughs> What do you even do uh, with this? Um, I guess I would give it. I w- this is too generous. I will say this right now, mm. but I will give it one and a half because I was so passionate about Fiona's character. <laughs> I was genuinely like, I know Vanessa Hudgens. There is a lot to criticize there, and also she is terrible at apologizing when she fucks up. Uh-huh. That said, her performance of Fiona is, I think, my favorite performance she's ever given. <laughs> Same. And I really was rooting for Fiona to steal Montanaro. And I thought she was like a highly motivated, even if the motivation made no sense. I was rooting for her. She was in, she was in charge. Uh, (laughs) She didn't care if her family lived or died. Like, I just was like, wow, what, uh, what a compelling character. So I'm going to give one and a half nipples exclusively for Fiona and also her two hench people who were also iconic. Yeah. One of the Mindy is wearing safety pin earrings and they're I'm like, where can I buy those? Um all very two thousand seven, yeah. <laughs> yes. I would say one of the better female movie villains I have seen really ever. So yeah. yeah, especially I feel like there's not a lot of female. Well, this could this maybe isn't true, but like uh, is, in terms of like Christmas movie villains in particular, mm-hmm. I feel like there's not a lot of female. This is so in the weeds, but like <laughs> female Christmas movie villains. There's mm-hmm. not a lot of them. And, no. and Fiona is an incredible one. She's yes. so good. She's better than Simon. Oh, yeah, obviously. But yeah, goes without saying. So I was go- I mean, and one and a half nipples generous. Yes, I was going to give it two which is really too generous uh, two nipples I'll up, to, I'll up it to two. Oh, because when you do the math two <laughs> out of five is still 40 percent, which is an f that is a failing grade um so i feel okay about that but you know what you're right let's I, let's give <laughs> let's give the full nip it's the holidays <laughs> yeah it's i'm feeling generous <laughs> yeah yeah it's we're in that mood 
two nipples. Yeah, it's still rom-com Christmas movie propaganda. It's very tropey. It's not well written or thought out. The female characters are nothing really interesting is done with them speaking specifically about Stacy and Margaret, but I do really enjoy Fiona as a character, as a villain. I think the movie was probably written uh, in less than a week and then maybe that's why it's so sloppy yeah, and makes no minutes. sense. <laughs> but... I also am like, it has to just be like no one, because I think that if you were going to write a movie that made this little sense on purpose, it would actually be really hard you know like <laughs> maybe it would be easier to write a movie that sort of made sense in a week than write a movie that makes no sense on purpose in a week true yeah which which supports the the 45 minute draft uh <laughs> <laughs> hypothesis i can see that yeah um yeah yeah it, this movie isn't contemptuous of women but it just uh didn't try very hard that said fiona pembroke it's contemptuous is- of fathers it's really murdering fathers right and left yeah but i do love the fiona character uh another really great female movie villain from josie and the pussycats is also named fiona is it a trope we'll find out um anyway two nipples uh and i will give one to fiona and i will give one to reggie oh i love what you and reggie have um, I feel like he and I could be best friends. I'm just obsessed with Fiona. It's not. It's not okay. It's not right, <laughs> but it is. Yeah. <sighs> so here we are. Oh uh, well, that's the end of the episode. So what else needs to be said? What else we <laughs> we said it all. We said it all and then some. So yeah. <laughs> if you in this essay we did. <laughs> <laughs> So if you don't already subscribe to the Matreon, once again, now's a great time to do it, to get Mm. episodes like this. It's a gift you give to yourself. This is a gift-giving season, so, you know, why not give the gift of the Matreon to a loved one? They'll be so grateful, we guarantee it. And the thing is, uh, we we keep most of our bonus episodes locked up. Yeah, we've only ever released a few. There's over a hundred now mm-hmm. on the Matron. So if you are a Bechtelcast super fan, you've heard most of the episodes on the main feed. There's literally hundreds and hundreds <laughs> of hours more where that came from. We can't stop creating content. We It's sick. There are like 10. It, it's more like four or five but so many titanic episodes on the matreon we're out of control is what i'm saying oh uh, 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 uh. it's <laughs> wild there's just so much going on over there um and and uh you know it's, it's just a lovely community five bucks a month give a gift to yourself give a gift to a friend who who enjoys the show yeah and you can also uh find us on all the social media platforms that you would expect twitter instagram at Bechtelcast. And if you would like to get merch, another great gift to give yeah. to yourself and others, uh, that's over at tpublic.com slash the Bechdel cast. And hopefully this movie, this, this episode um, has inspired you to go watch the princess switch or three, three many Vanessa Hudgens, the second part, part two. <laughs> And we'll just, I'm starting to like create my circle of crystals to manifest 
for Vanessa Hudgens next year. You know what? Why not five? Well, what if that would be wild if they skipped from three to five? <laughs> I want to believe it. Anything could happen. It it would be a Christmas miracle. <laughs> That's why I love you, Caitlin. You're not afraid to really dream, you know? Thank you so much. <laughs> well, <laughs> bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> this is Raquel Willis from Queer Chronicles. Right now, there are close to 500 anti-LGBTQ plus bills in state legislatures across the country. Lambda Legal is leading the charge against these hateful bills that target mostly trans and non-binary people. You can fight discrimination and help write the next chapter of Lambda Legal history. To learn more about their open cases and to donate, visit lambdalegal.org. That's lambdalegal.org. You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.